Judges 6. That's a lot of S's. Judges 6. Been going over um, some of the names of God that, that really are a reflection of who we are. Um, and this one, I had, I had to, I struggled with that, what I wanted to do because in this we'll see um, Gideon, <clears throat> excuse me, names uh, a, an altar, the Lord is peace. I'm like, well, that doesn't say us, but I actually believe it does later, and I'll have to show you that. Um, so it's a reflection of who we are. And if we will look at who we are and who God has made us to be and who we are because he has come into our lives, then I'm, my hope and our, my prayer is that we will live more how he wants us to live. Okay? So hopefully everybody's there and judges. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much um, for your holy, holy word. Lord, you have preserved it. You, have, um, you use it to teach us. You use it to correct us, to encourage us. Lord, however you need to use your word this morning with us, <clears throat> please do. Pray that you will um, use it as a chisel. That anything, any part of us that doesn't look like Jesus, so any part of us that doesn't look like who you want us to be, Lord, knock that off this morning. And Lord, I understand that that might hurt. It's, it's not fun to lose parts that we have grown so very accustomed to over our lives. Lord, I know for, at least for me, I give you permission to, um, to chisel me and make me more into the image of your son. Lord, I ask that you would do that for every person in here who is willing to be... Um, to go through the process of, of getting formed and shaped. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I ask that you'd use, use me this morning by your spirit to, to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Most of you all know the, the, uh, um, the, the judges and the, the process of, in the judges which what, what happens is, is um, the people of Israel will, will go off and start to follow other gods and they'll get away from the Lord until it's really so bad that they finally cry out to God and God's okay, then he'll raise up a judge who delivers, the pe- delivers Israel from whoever's oppressing them at the time. And then uh, they're good for about the lifetime of that judge and then they crash again and they go through the entire process where they... Um, They'll start going after other gods and, and decide, you know, it's a lot better um, to be like um, Midian or or the um, or whoever, and then uh, that group will oppress them, and God will raise up another judge. We're uh, going to look a little bit at Gideon today. Most of you all know Gideon. Gideon's one of those really fun uh, characters in Scripture. We're not going to look at, at in depth at his whole life but uh, kind of at his call, and we'll look a little bit at, at how God uses that. So let me just read this passage first, and we'll, um, I'll, I'll elaborate on it. Let's look at that, starting verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the um, Abiz, Abiz, excuse me, Abizrite, and his son Gideon was beating out 
wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And Gideon, I think he probably scratched his head, and said, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles that our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out from, from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of, the, of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, of course, he's arguing with the Lord here, right? Which I think sometimes the Lord allows, but I would not recommend it. Um, oh, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So Gideon said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come back to you and bring out my offering and lay it before you. And he said, I will remain until you return. Then Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. An ephah, by the way, is uh, somewhere between 34 and 45 pounds of flour. Okay? Um, he put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and brought them out to him under the oak and presented, uh, presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. The angel of the Lord um, put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon saw that he was that, that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it is still an Ophrah of the Abizirites. And... Uh, yeah, let me go ahead and finish uh, the next couple of verses. Now on that same night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord, your God, on top of this stronghold in an orderly manner, and take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which, shall, which you shall cut down. And Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. Because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. And then, if you wanted to read further, um, he, does, he does tear those down and everybody in the town gets really upset at him. And his dad actually comes to the rescue and says, look, hey, if Baal's a god, let him take care of himself. And, um, and then the Lord uh, begins to speak to Gideon about um, delivering Israel. So we're going to talk this morning about uh, Yahweh Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. And the Shalom, I'm sure everybody has heard the the term, the the Hebrew term Shalom before, right? Uh, Anymore, they they use it for a greeting, a hello, goodbye, um, Shalom. uh, When you say, when you just greet somebody, hello, peace be to you. Or when, bye, peace be to you. 
Um, but shalom is, doesn't just mean peace. They, they use it for so many different things. And I just, I've got a few of those here. Um, it's, it's completeness. We think of peace just as in uh, the absence of conflict. But, but shalom is a completeness, a soundness, or a, a welfare, um, safety, or a soundness in body. Uh, welfare, health, or prosperity, or to be well with, uh, or, of course, peace, tranquility, quiet, or contentment. So it's, peace is, is so much more than just absence of conflict, shalom. The shalom of God is a, a pervading um, restoration of everything within, is that what I think of. If it's peace to your body, it's it's health and and long life and and anything that could be going wrong, it's make it right. Peace in a situation, it's it's um, shalom to a situation. So bringing bringing peace, bringing contentment, bringing tranquility, bringing uh, prosperity. So it's so much more than just what we as as English speaking Americans think of as as peace. It, it's much more pervading and it's much more of a the wholeness of God coming into a situation so when um, when Gideon when when the Lord approaches Gideon it's the angel of the Lord it's the Lord and, and it's they call it theophany um, the angel God coming in a in the form of a, a what looks like a person he comes to Gideon the Midianites had been uh, coming into the land and it says that they would, they would come and it looked like locusts because there were so many of them. And they would, they would come in and they would um, take all the crops. At times they would kill the people. And so the um, Israelites were in fear uh, not only of their lives, but they would, they would come in and they would decimate everything. So um, the crops would come in and the Israelites would go out and gather in the crops. The Midianites would come in and they'd take all their crops. So it's, it was more you know, fear not only of your, of your physical well-being, but fear for starvation's sake, which is um, you know, the offering. And it doesn't really say it said he, he made um, uh, the bread from an ephah of flour, so which that's a lot, 35, you know, 35 to 45 pounds of, of flour when you're afraid of people coming in and stealing from you. It's quite a bit. So if he's... If he's offering that in whole, whole amount, that's quite an offering to give. So we find Gideon um, in a, a wine vat, uh, um, actually threshing the grain. Okay, what, What's happening, usually they, they're in a much larger place, and they would use um, a, 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 a grain thresher, like a, an ox, um, an ox-pulled thing that would, would toss the... the grain up and it was in a position so that the wind would come through and it would blow out the chaff and leave the grain. And it would be a much bigger operation that they were using um, livestock to help that with. And, um, but because of the, of the Midianite threat, um, what we find is Gideon basically in hiding. He's down and doing it by hand where it was, it's usually a much bigger process that they use livestock to help with. Gideon is taking it by hand and say, okay, I'm going to thresh the, the grain. I'm going to, you know, try to get rid of the chaff and leave the grain in, in a, a place where they normally um, uh, 
make wine. It'd be a, uh, if, you, if you think about like a, a rock edge where they have um, hollowed out a spot uh, in the rock where they put all the grapes, they tread the grapes with their feet, and that they, they'd have a way um, from the rocks to then let out all the, the grape juice and to, to gather that. Um, so he's using it for grain instead of for grapes out of fear from um, the Midianites. Now, um, and the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And it's amazing. He, uh, I love how he addresses him here. Uh, he says, um, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. As he is in, as he's in hiding, <laughs> right? He's in, he's in hiding, trying to stay away. The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And the first thing we see is that the Gideon has a wrong idea of the Lord. Okay? He has a wrong idea of who God is. Now think about it. Okay? Now, basically, it's if why, uh, if there's so much bad going on around us right now, and there was for Gideon, okay? They're oppressed by the Midianites. They can't even uh, go out and thresh the grain now. You know, they, they're in fear of starvation. They're in fear that they're going to come in and just um, kill them at ra- you know, randomly. And he's looking around and saying, it's so bad if God's a good God. You can't tell me he's here. Anybody ever heard that before? If God is a good God, why is there so much evil in the world? If God's a we can look at it as a, a kind of in our world, right? If God is so good, why are people dying from COVID? If God is so good, why would he send anybody to hell? If God is so good, why is, why is the world in such a mess? If God is so good, why is our country in so much debt? If God is so good, why are we having to wear the masks and... and, and and, and be socially, why, if God is so good, why are we in the mess that we're in? If you want to even think about it in your, your own, let's, let's bring it down to even more of a personal level. If God is so good, why do I have to go through this tragedy? Why do I have to go through this struggle? If God is so good, why don't I, why don't I have all the funds that I need? Or why, why, don't, why don't I have the job that I need? Or why do I have to go through these family struggles? If God is so good, why is, it, is this happening? And that is Gideon's mentality. That's what it says here in, in not so many words. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is, this is verse 13, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Uh, did, he not, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? We, we say that he did all these good things. He saved us. He he sent his son Jesus to die for right? For them. The Lord brought us out of Egypt. He did all these great things. How is it that you're saying he is, he's with me? But now the Lord's abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. So he's got a miss, a, a bad, he, he is, he's informed wrong about the Lord in his heart. Remember, it's the Lord who said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. 
So he hears the word of the Lord, but he still is not believing it. He's not believing a right thing about God himself. Um, in fact, if you go up to uh, a little bit further in the chapter, um, we see that the, the Midianites have coming in, what I was telling you. It said the Lord, um, in verse 6, it says, Israel was brought very low because of, of Midian. The sons of Israel cried to the Lord. It came about when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord on, uh, on account of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel. This is verse 8. He said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, It was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all the oppressors and dispossessed them before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the God of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. So Gideon is still, he's, he's heard these things. But he has this bad concept of who God is. He's not believed the word of the Lord, that God is good, that God is with them, that God is going to deliver them. Now, I don't know about you, but I've struggled with that. Anybody else in here ever struggled with that? That, you know, I've cried out to the Lord many times, oh, Lord, if, if you are so good, if you called me to do this, if you've, if you've set me on this path, why is it everything is struggle? Why is it that, that, that we, we, we give our lives, we go to church, and, and yet we don't, have, we don't seem to have the power to get through this? But we'll see, I believe, the antidote in a little bit. I'm going to... I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hold that off for right now. Okay? But right now, I want you to say, have you ever, have you been there? I've been there. Where you question, we've got the word of the Lord that says, I am with you. I have, my plans for you are for good and for not for evil. I am, I am with you to help you. I am with you to deliver you. And if you will trust me, I will be there with you. And we can see where Gideon was. He wasn't, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't trusting. Even when the Lord himself shows up and says, I am with you, O mighty, valiant warrior. Really, don't you see the world around us? Surely God's abandoned us. But not only that, he didn't, he didn't believe the right things about God, but he also didn't believe the right things about himself. The Lord looked at him and said, this is verse 14, said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of, of Midian. Have I not sent you? He said, oh Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. And I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Now, I'm not going to read all this, but if you, go, if you go through the rest of the story, what you find out is, is actually what it looks like is that um, Gideon's father is really kind of the, one of the rulers in that area. Okay? Gideon said, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody at all. Why would you use me? 
But then once he goes through and defeats everyone, and the, the, the defeated kings look at him and say, they say, you look like one of the nobles. Um, what, what happens is uh, evidently these um, Midianite kings had actually killed um, some of Gideon's brothers. And, the, and um, he's confronting them. And uh, they say to him, they look like the, the nobility like you. They look like kings just like you. So Gideon was not thinking rightly of himself. Here it looks, to, from, from, what, from what it looks like in here, um, his dad is one of the leaders. It looks like his, his brothers were of, of basically of nobility, kind of, um, and probably not of the entire um, Israelite, you know, Israel as a whole, but at least of their clan. Here they are, they are this is a family of leaders. And Gideon's saying, not me, not me. Don't we do the same thing? You know, the Lord comes to us and he, he says, I have, I have given you all this, or I want you to do this. And you say, well, I can't do that. I just don't have it in me. And we look at ourselves, and we look at ourselves so many times as being like, like Gideon. I'm the least Lord, you can't do that through me. I'm the, I'm the least in my clan. And he, he actually was not. Maybe he was the youngest kid, but his dad was, a, it, it, it looks like from the story, it looks like he was of nobility, and he just, he could not even have seen that of himself. We do the same thing. The Lord has put so much in us, whether that's physical giftings, you know, or spiritual gifts, or the ability just to um, just to get one on one with with people and encourage them and, and strengthen them, and the Lord will come to us and He'll say, "Look, this is what I want you to do." And so many times, are just in ourselves, we look at our we say, "I I don't think I can do that," because we're not seeing, even physically, that the Lord has put things in us that He can use. We don't look at ourselves how God sees us. And the Lord will come to us, and he'll, he might say, um, Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Or he might say, O teacher of teachers. Or, yeah, I think of Carolyn. Oh, you, you're an author. You are an author. And you right? How can, how can I be an author? And we look at ourselves and say, there's no way. But the Lord has said differently. And because he's said differently, then we need to start looking at ourselves differently. But here's where I believe it all changes. Is he realizes that the, the, the angel of the Lord, oh, it's amazing, the, the kind of the wordplay that goes on here. Because he says, if this is really you, meaning if you're really, you know, a representative of God, that's kind of, in some of your Bibles it might have the you there capitalized, it doesn't mind. If this is really you, um, can I give you an offering? 
Will you, will you hang around? Yeah, I will. And he hangs, he hangs around for quite a while, enough to go and bake some bread and to repair a, a goat and to do all this stuff and to get the broth. And, and so he's there for quite a while, and, and Gideon brings it back, and then he touches it, and all of a sudden Gideon goes, oh, boy, it was you, right? And, in, and this is normal in, in, in those days, that if you saw the face of God, you would die. You'd think Samson had, with his parents had the same thing happen. And the Lord said, no, peace to you. Right? Um, the Lord said to him, peace to you, do not fear, you shall not die. And then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, the Lord is peace. And I believe that that is where it started. That that peace began as a word of the Lord to, to Gideon. And from there, things start to shift. You know, when, when it started out, um, Gideon didn't believe anything that the Lord had to say to him. Right? But it went from a, an angel or the, the theophany that God in, in a man form comes and speaks to him to all of a sudden, God is starting to speak to him and, and Gideon is starting to believe um, in what it looks like, and it doesn't say whether it's audible, but it looks like the Lord's starting to speak to him just in his heart. And at first he has to say, okay, Lord, if this is really you, would you make the fleece wet and it dry on the ground? Okay. Now, if it's really you, could you make the ground wet and the fleece dry? Okay. So he's questioning, but then it goes to, you know, it gets so that he's hearing the word of God, and believing. So it goes from having to have this in man form, right? God saying this is what it is, to hearing and saying, okay, I'm not so sure. Would you kind of give me a sign to all of a sudden hearing and believing and doing? Right? That's what the peace of God, um, that when it pervades you, you start to believe um, who you are, and start to believe what the word of the Lord is. By the way, this is um, this is something that we all process. We all need to go through. Um, what when we are younger in Christ, um, we rely on other people to give us the words of the Lord to us. Okay, usually it's a, a pastor or a friend, and it'll, it'll start out with, "Hey, Jesus has died on the cross for your sins. You need to accept Him, and you need to." Um, you need to live for him, right? Those are the first kind of words that you hear of, oh, okay. And then it'll be, I'll, I'll come to church and I'll hear the preacher. And that, the preacher will tell me things. And then that, that feeds me or it corrects me or it encourages me, encourages me, right? But then what the Lord, the Lord doesn't want it to stay, stay there. He wants us to be so full of the Spirit that the Spirit starts speaking to us. And we start being encouraged and we start being taught by the Spirit of the Lord, even much more than being taught from someone else. Okay? So that's, that's the prophetic um, and, and the building of the, the, the way the Spirit wants to be within us is that we, we start hearing from somebody and then it goes into a process that we actually begin hearing and learning and being fed by the Spirit. And we come to church, um, yes, to get fed, but we come to church to encourage one another. 
right? Because we're being fed on a daily basis by the Spirit of God. We're being taught on a daily basis by the Spirit of God. And we come, and yes, we hear, hopefully, hopefully we'll hear a good message, and, but we worship together, and we encourage each other, and we say, oh, hey, you know what? This is what happened this week. Oh, great. Go for it. You know, and we'll, we, we bring people to church, say, look, I, I ministered to this person this week. You know, and I brought him to church with me, and everybody loves on it, and we minister together. Okay? Right? That's the process that we need to go through. So let's, let's dig into that, like, like Gideon. So the peace of God um, will start to, to get in us and we'll start believing the word of the Lord from, from, from his standpoint. And not only that, we start belie- uh, believing of who we are. Not just who the Lord is to us, but we begin to believe who we are in him. And as I, I said just a moment ago, I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself. But Gideon starts to see that uh, in action. I believe when he, he got to the point that he is, um, you, you look and he goes through a couple of different towns and said, hey, will you, will you help us? And they say, no, we're not going to. And he said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to show you afterward. And in one town, um, he said, I'm going to pull down this, this, um, uh, this tower. And so he comes back after the, uh, with the, uh, after defeating the kings, he pulls down the tower. The other, the other one didn't help. He said, I'm going to take your elders. I'm going to whip them all with thorns. With, and that, that's what he does. Okay? He starts believing, I believe, in himself, seeing himself of who he is, so that these kings, when they look at him, they say, I see royalty. But it started with the shalom of God. And the Lord started working on him. And I believe he started beginning to see who he was and started to act in accordance with who he was. In, in just a moment, uh, what I would like to do, I want to pronounce the shalom of the Lord over each person here this morning. But let me, even more important than that, if you would flip over to John chapter number 20. John chapter 20. Because this is, this is it, it amazes me how everything just, you know, it lines up so perfectly. So uh, John 20, starting in verse 20, says, When he had said this, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has just entered into the room with the disciples after Jesus had been raised, raised from the dead. It says, He showed them both his hands and his, his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. You heard that before? As the Father has sent me, I send you. Right? Is that what, is that what the angel said to Gideon? Peace be with you. You're sent. And then what, it, what, does, it do, what does it do? Um, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. What did the angel say to Gideon? The Lord's with you. Right? Even, um, make sure I get this verse right. Um, John 14, um, verse 27 says, uh, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus. My peace. Who's Jesus? 
Son of God, he is the Lord, right? My peace I give to you. Did you get that? Wait, wait, wait. That's why I said, I started out with, I said, you know, he named the altar the Lord is peace. But then when we come to the New Testament, it says that my peace I give to you. So the Lord, his peace, his fullness, his completeness, his wholeness, his, his pervading goodness, every, his, his health, his prosperity, everything that peace is in God himself, Jesus says, I give it to you. And I believe he did that with the giving of the Holy Spirit. So all of that, it, it's ours. Because the Lord is our peace. He has given it to us. That means that from that, what we, need, we need to make sure that we've got the right um, thought, the, the right, that we we're looking at God the right way. And everything that he said uh, about us and about himself, we're believing that. And, take, and taking ownership of that in our hearts. We're also believing about ourselves the right way. That everything that, that he has placed within us, all the good gifts and the ability for him to work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're believing, yes, it's all yes and amen because he's placed his peace and his Holy Spirit within us. And between the two of those things, I believe that like Gideon, we'll go out and we'll see amazing, amazing things that God wants to do. But it's going to take realizing that he, A, he's given it to us in the first place. So it informs how we think about God and how we think about our, ourselves. And if, if you're stuck in stinking thinking, let's get rid of it today. Okay? And as I pronounce the peace of the Lord over you, I want you to receive that peace and believe that just like with Gideon, I believe it was at that time that the Lord pronounced his peace over him, his shalom over him, that Gideon, all of a sudden, things start to, to change. And it wasn't immediate. Hopefully it'll be immediate for you, but if it's not, you're, you're not any better than Gideon. <laughs> right? Gideon, it wasn't immediate. It wasn't an immediate change, but it started. It had a starting point, and then it went for there, from there, okay? So if that's you today, receive this peace of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are Yahweh Shalom. You are our peace. Lord, you are, you are our completeness. You are our healer, and in, in you're a restorer of everything. You, you, in you is prosperity, in you is health, in you is life, in you is... Um, absence of conflict in you is a, a restoration of all good things. Lord, you are our shalom. You are the shalom itself. And so as Jesus declared over the disciples and said, my peace I give to you, I speak that over each person that's here this morning. And I say, receive the peace, the shalom of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The shalom of the Lord be upon you. The shalom of Yahweh be upon you. Everything that the Lord is in the shalom of God, let it rest upon each person, each heart here this morning. And let this morning be a turning point that we begin to believe who you are, everything that's accurate that the Word says about who you are, about your being with us. That we believe uh, what you say about who we are. And in everything that we can do because your Spirit dwells within us. And Lord, I ask that the Shalom, the Holy Spirit of God would come upon each person and that we would be empowered to do those things that you've called us to do. Lord, it might look like weakness. As Gideon went out and, and you said the army's too much, you're going to be too proud. Lord, it might look like weakness to the world. But we know that with, with little you can do much. Lord, use us. Use us profoundly. We might be small in number, Lord, but we let us be great in power and use us to change this world. Starting from right here and working out, Lord, use us to change this town and this state, this nation, beginning today. In Jesus' name. Amen.